0: It is Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. This is Justin Shackle welcoming you to episode 40 of Towing the Slab, Pitching with David Cohn. It is pitching talk each and every week with the former Cy Young Award winner and the five-time World Series champion, David Cohn. We have the research maven, James Smythe, myself as well. And David, you often talk about how much you appreciate pitchers who simply pitch, who take the ball and log some innings. We have the active leader in innings pitched on the pod this week, but, uh, but he is more than a guy who just eats innings, right? He's putting up some serious numbers.
1: But it really is. It's kind of a clash of philosophies. And what we've seen over the last several years is organizations training pitchers, and you know, largely through the analytics department, and rightly so. I mean, you understand the velocity plays. If you look at the raw numbers, the, the pitchers who throw harder generally have more success. But – there, there's a little bit of a throwback mentality. We see it on the Yankees. They're starting rotation, going deeper into the games, talking about having a specific coach that's going to help them third time through the order. Well, Sandy Alcantara is uh, one of those guys, a throwback guy. Uh, he, he likes to, to finish what he starts, and he's not one of those maximum effort guys, even though it's easy to say, well, I when I back off, it's 97 miles an hour. James Smythe appropriately kind of pointed that out. It's nice to back off and throw 97. Instead of a hundred, but nonetheless, it's about the mentality that, that Sandy has in terms of, I'm going to get some early outs. I'm going to ch- I'm going to own the strike zone. I'm going to keep the ball down. I'm going to get ground ball outs. I'm going to trust my defense. And then, you know, when the fifth and sixth and seventh innings roll around, then I'm going to have a little left in my back pocket to add a little bit. It sounds a lot like Nolan Ryan to me. Nolan Ryan started to grunt about the fifth inning when he really started to get it going. And he was looking to finish what he started. Sandy, Sandy's that way, too. Uh, he, he's got a remarkable run going where he's averaging seven innings a game as a starter in an era when it's closer to five innings a game for starting pitchers nowadays. So we're kind of seeing a reversal of the trend led by Sandy. And, and a lot of the scouts in the analytics departments were saying, well – he doesn't get enough swing and misses, you know, to be a really frontline starter, to be like a Corbin burn style or somebody who gets a a ton of swing and misses. Well, Sandy gets enough. He gets enough swing and misses and he gets deep into the games and he knows what he's doing. And it's just refreshing to see the, the art of pitching, the art of a starting pitcher kind of come back into play and have success. And Sandy's kind of leading the way in that regard.
0: I think that's a perfect way to put it, David, the trend reversal. And he is, he's, he's on the front line here we're seeing it more and more it's a question for both of you guys like how how surprised are you that we've seen this kind of boomerang back toward what it was before uh, a lot of you know these teams relied heavily on the five and fly method with the bullpen in the back
2: it's Refreshing to see the trust in the aces, you know, we, for the the lower end of the rotation, we're still seeing that the five and fly. And it's a matter of allocating innings, trusting your, your big guns more and saying, all right, well, what works for in the aggregate where we'll generally throw lower innings out of our starters, but for these select few guys, if you're pitching well enough, we can push you a little more. And I think the lower offensive environment is helping too, where they, It's not a it's not like one false move. And next thing you know, two batters later, it's a two run homer and you're in a hole. So it's teams understanding that when you have a guy like Sandy, when you have a guy like Justin Verlander, who in his prime, when he was coming up, he was another guy that would gain steam as the game went on. He's someone that you trust a little more.
1: It's a great way to put it, James. Um, it's hard, it's hard to put a number on this, you know, not everything can be quantified, right? Not everything can fall into a mathematical formula or some sort of a, a, a scenario that you can put together, uh, you know, uh, some data under the umbrella of analytics, uh, the residual effect of, of a guy, uh, of, a, of a, of a horse going eight innings and giving your bullpen a rest on tomorrow's game or on the next day's game. That's hard to put a number to, it's hard to quantify, uh, or even just a, a reliever like a Clay Holmes that has to get up and warm up. you know. Maybe he doesn't even get in the game, but he had to warm up, or several of your relievers have to warm up two or three times during a game, even whether they get used or not. That doesn't happen when you have a starting pitcher going eight innings, seven or eight innings. When you have a starting pitcher that's getting deep into the games, it has such a tremendous residual effect on the next day's game, the game after that, maybe even a whole week of games after that, to where you just had a chance to reset your bullpen for that fourth and fifth starter that James is talking about. So that's so valuable. I think it's it's becoming more and more apparent uh, in today's game as we start to merge old and new school philosophies together that uh, it does matter. And it is really important to have those kind of guys on a staff that can, that can be a horse and give your bullpen a break here and there, at least one time through the circuit. You got one guy that can do that to reset your bullpen is in, invaluable across the board emotionally, physically, psychologically for your entire bullpen.
0: The Marlins have Alcantara. Uh, Alcant, you know, we we asked him how yes. to pronounce his last name, and we're all uh, and uh, you got to get a little
1: rolling, yeah, get the roll in your, Yeah, you got to get the R roll.
0: Alcantara. <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, between Sandy <laughs> and Pablo <laughs> Lopez, but but uh, Alcantara, three hundred and five innings pitched since the start of last season, easily the most in the majors. We're talking about the power he has, the stamina. And the level of compete, that really stands out to me. The the level of compete in leadership is really showing itself, especially this season. And like David said, he is evolving into an elite throwback. So we're going to have our chat with Sandy. We'll also have this week in pitching history, three up, three down as well. But let's open up the show officially with the opener. David, what do you have for us?
1: I just want to shine a little light on, uh, put the spotlight on the College World Series. It's a, you know, this is a, it's a pitching podcast there's a lot of great pitchers in, in Omaha right now I used to play for the Omaha Royals in AAA and we'd have to leave town for about a month when the College World Series rolled into town so I remember it very well um, but I think it's it's something to follow We're right in the middle of it right now and the two teams have moved on are Old Miss and Oklahoma and tonight actually we got Notre Dame and Texas A&M playing in a in a round robin format, uh, the double elimination in, in Arkansas and Auburn as well. So you can you can tune in right now, catch up. These games are wild. I mean, you you watch some of these teams and the emotion of these college players, and uh, it's just remarkable to watch them play. It's it's rejuvenating to to uh, to see the energy that they have and the level of competition. These are the best college players in the world right now, and you know the draft is coming up. So there, there's a lot of scouts watching this too. So you're seeing some future stars there as well. So. Yeah, I encourage you. Check out the College World Series. It's a lot of fun to watch.
0: Guys, a quick reminder that you can slide into stacks of cash this baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the MLB season, With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. You create your own parlay by combining multiple bets. For example, which team's going to win? How many bases are going to be stolen? Total runs. Anything you could think of. It is your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe. It's secure. It's reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code SLAB. Bet just five bucks and get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That's promo code SLAB at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. That is a big bucket item of mine to get to Omaha one day and watch some of these games in person. Obviously, it's tough because they go on the same time as the Major League season, but the new stadium, the new facility looks excellent looks like a major league park but uh yeah there was something to rosenblatt that you kind of wanted to catch a game there but nonetheless this is an event that uh yeah you should check out looks amazing on tv but i want to get there in person one day looks terrific all right let's talk with sandy here again the ace of the miami marlins there's no debate he is The ace of his staff, don't like to throw around that word as freely as as some others, but he is a bona fide ace right now, pound for pound, probably the best pitcher going in Major League Baseball. This week on Tone of the Slab, pitching with David Cohn, it is Marlins pitcher Sandy Alcantara. Sandy, thanks so much for taking some time to join us here this week. We know that you guys are back home in Miami here, starting a new series. Uh, The Marlins, though, were just in New York facing the Mets had a rare wraparound series and I saw the team had an off day before the series we here are all New York based on this podcast so we're pretty intrigued to know how some out-of-town players are spending their off day in New York City what did you do what did your teammates do
3: I mean yeah I think uh, everybody do uh, different things you know I think um like me I know I mean I, I got to to do a couple of things you know I gotta go to the uh, MLB offices you know and walk around to the city you know but uh after that you know just went to my room take a shower and play a video game but i don't know like my my friend i don't know what they do you know i mean they maybe because some people got their family there you know? i mean they maybe go shopping maybe they went to dinner or something like that but you know but i'm a, I'm, I'm just chilling guy you know
0: <laughs> what uh what video games are you currently playing
3: i play uh PUBG, you know what it is i do not yeah <laughs> it is like uh
0: like Call of Duty, you know, about different versions. Okay, okay. Very nice. David, I think some people would say the performances that Sandy's putting up recently are video game levels, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) pretty good. You know, if people watching this podcast, uh, if you don't know how good Sandy, Sandy is, you need to watch this guy pitch. He is currently the best pitcher in the big leagues going right now, having the best season right now. And, you know, Sandy, one question I wanted to ask you is, you know I was coached when, when I pitched for the Yankees by Mel Stodemeyer and his son is your pitching coach Mel Stodemeyer jr and I was wondering you know you seem to have made some great adjustments over the last couple of years how has how has your relationship with Mel Stodemeyer jr helped you yeah, in your pitching? He,
3: he's great man I think uh the relationship that we have is more than uh than a player to a pitching coach you know I think uh we've been a uh, create a really good relationship you know I think uh He's like a father to me here in Miami. You know, I think um, he's been doing great job, not just to me, but to the guy behind me, like Lopez, Giordano, Cabrera is now here, Eliza, those guys. You know, I think, um, like I said, you know, he's been doing a great job, try to, to put that, the job together for us, you know, and try to, to make us have that, that kind of pitch that I am right now.
1: Do you do you pay attention to to the numbers of the technology, your spin rate, you know, the movement on your pitches? And I noticed you've also kind of used your four a little more to left-handed batters this year and the high fastball because you have a great sinker and a great changeup. So is that something that you pay attention to the numbers, or is that something that Mel helps you with?
3: Uh, no, not too much. I think um, he hold me and how how to to use my pitches, you know, I again, mean, lefty, I can righty, you know, because. Uh, I got a great staff, you know. I mean, I just gotta keep doing my job, keep focusing on the the, the thing that I had to to do, you know. And I think now he he's focused on looking for like to make me like a better pitcher that I am right now, you know. Try to to attack the hitter with my best style, attack the the lefty guy, the right guy, you know, with my two seam, you know. Try to improve my pitch on the bullpen. And we've been together, we've been working together on the pen, you know. During the game, he talked to me a lot, you know, and. I think um, he did a great job doing that.
0: So Sandy doesn't go under the hood to check out most of the metrics on himself. James, you do. You do go (laughs) under the hood for some of these guys. What stands out to you about what Sandy's been able to do so far?
2: Well, Coney's right. Sandy's the best pitcher in Major League Baseball this year. 99.1 innings of work, leading the majors. Baseball reference war 4.1, which would be a, a really good season. And uh, that's where Sandy's at now. Again, number one in MLB. If you want quantity, you have that with a 172 ERA. If you want quantity, you get the league leading in innings this year, 305 innings since last year. And then you look at the, the velocity, 97.8 miles an hour average on the fastball. That's great. That's third in the, in the bigs behind Hunter Green and Spencer Strider. But this is what I love. 98 miles an hour average with the fastball in the sixth inning or later. So you are gaining steam as you get deeper into the game.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you said it. You know, I mean, I try to to not do to not do too much in the first three or five inning. You know, then after that, you know, you try to take everything I have on my pocket. You know, and use it. And I think uh, that being helped me a lot. You know, try to not do too much in those inning. You know, then after the fifth inning, you know. I got to compete. I got to compete with my best stuff.
1: It's a great, it's a great point. Uh, you know, in terms of James, you bring up a great point in terms of his, uh, his workload. Yeah. And, and that's an, Oh, that's a throwback on huh, James. When you think about it, you know, let me get some easy outs the first couple of innings, you know, instead of maximum effort, trying to strike everybody out from the first inning on Sandy's like pounding the strike zone, get it, get uh, quick outs, get some ground balls, a, a really healthy ground ball rate well over 50% on his ground ball rate. So to me, that's just refreshing to see kind of an old-school guy that wants to finish what he started and uh, get some easy outs early in the game.
0: Yeah, Sandy, you make it look so easy, and, and the way you explain it makes it sound easy too. You, you don't go all out at the beginning of the game's But as we see with a lot of starters in this pitching culture that we're currently in, a lot of guys are going still five, six innings. They're they're kind of struggling to get to that point. You're breezing by that, Mark, in most games. Do you ever wonder how come it's harder for other pitchers to sometimes not go as deep as someone like yourself?
3: Yeah, I think um, everybody's different. You know, I think everybody's different. I mean, for me, I mean, I don't want to start the game, you know, using like my below, you know, like throw 99 since the first inning to the fifth inning, you know, I don't want to get tired. You know what I mean, some pitchers start the game, so 198, 99, but I don't like do that. You know what I mean? I like, you know, starting at 97, 98, full 101, you know, but like I said, I just got to save my below because I would need an eight and the nine, you know? <laughs>
2: I just save a little velo and it's 97 still to really ramp it up. (laughs)
1: Nice, nice, nice uh, nice efforts there. You know, you know, Sandy, I guess I, I, one question I had for you, you know, and you know, but I've followed your career, love the way, love everything about you, Sandy. And you know, I read an article about your upbringing and your family growing up in the Dominican Republic. And I have this feeling too. I knew I was, I wanted to be a pitcher since I was seven, eight, nine years old. That was me. I wanted to be in the middle of the diamond, I never wanted to come out of a game, and I get a feeling that's you, too. I mean, I'm sure you played other positions as a kid growing up in the Dominican, but it sounds to me like you're a pitcher at heart. You've got that true love of being on, on the mound in the middle of the
3: field. Yeah, you know, I mean, I started playing baseball when I was five years old. I mean, I like pitching, but at the same time, I like playing outfield, you know. <laughs> that's maybe I throw so hard because I like, you know, cast the ball from the outfield, throw the most hard I can, you know. And now I'm here, man. I'm, I'm so proud to myself, you know. I'm so proud to my family because they bring me to this world. And, you know, I mean, um, I think I love these games too much, you know, because when I cross that line, I mean, I don't care anybody, you know. I just want to fight. I just want to compete, you know, and, and win the game.
0: So James brought up a lot of your velocity and the way you're able to vary it. If you go through some of the stats here, since 2019, you have added more speed... To all your pitches, uh, your, your changeup is absurd uh, at 91 miles an hour. Has that increase come naturally as you're maturing here, or have you had to work to increase your pitch speed?
3: I think uh, my work. I think uh, my routine that I've been doing since five years, that's been helped me a lot. I think um, I've been doing a great job, Try to do the same thing every, every day, you know, try to do the same thing in the weight room, and my trade program and my bullpen and all that kind of thing and yeah you know i mean when i play catch i don't like you know like throw too long and too much you know because i, do, I don't want to feel my arm tired you know i mean and i think um my routine is being i you know try to to increase more below you know and i'm still young i'm 26 years old you know but i got five five year and a half in the big league you know and, and I know how to pitch here. I know how to compete, you know, how to, to like, face the guy, the guy you know. But uh, I think I um, just got to keep doing what I'm doing, you know. Keep pitching and keep working on.
1: Do you use any weighted balls in your training for velocity? Or are you just old school and just long toss or just do your bullpen straight up?
3: Yes, uh, short, short play catch, you know, prepare myself for my bullpen, you know. Try to throw, like, mass. 19 pitches on the bullpen, you know, focusing on everything I want to do and working on my breaking ball, my change, you know, and don't throw too much. That's what I was looking
0: for. Just going back to the way you strategically go about your your durability and pitching longer into games, I think a lot of that comes from your competitiveness because it's so evident when people watch you on the mound. As a competitor – how have you conditioned yourself to be better at points where where other pitchers are fatiguing and, and not as effective
3: yeah i think uh the best thing that i do you know is keep my my mentality positive you know it doesn't matter if i got a bad day or good day you know because i know i got more opportunity to go outside and do my best you know and for example i got a really bad day today you know i just gotta Sitting on my locker, on my bed tonight, you know, just thinking about what happened during the game, you know, and try to think that the, the thing that I made bad during the game, you know, try to work on my bullpen, on my troy program, and then just go outside my next outing and compete.
0: Hey, everybody. If you are into buying trading cards, there is one spot that you need to go to. That is Greg Morris cards on eBay. They are the most trusted card seller in the world. They sell over 80,000 sports cards every single month exclusively on eBay. In 2021 alone, they sold over a million cards. Why do people trust GMC for buying cards? It's because Greg Morris and his team hand grade every single card that they sell. Buyers have been trusting Greg's grades for years. So if Greg says the card is mint, you know that the card is mint. This month only, when you check out, send them a message through eBay saying that you heard about GMC through John Boy and get $5 off your order of $50 or more. Go to gregmorriscards.com, see their inventory. They're known for selling the vintage cards, but they also have the modern cards that you want for all the stars around Major League Baseball today, whether it's Otani, Trout, Judge, Harper, Soto. Also, all of the hot young players, too. Spencer Torkelson, Adley Rutschman, Bobby Witt Jr. We're on Alvarez's there. They have plenty more in stock. They also have free combined shipping when you order two or more cards. Follow GMC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to see exclusive content and deals. And again, this month only, when you check out, you send them a message through eBay saying that you heard about GMC through John Boy. you're going to get $5 off your order of $50 or more. The
2: last eight starts you've had, absolutely insane numbers or video game numbers, like Justin said before. So we've got eight starts of an 099 ERA in 63 and two thirds innings. So that's eight innings, a start that's just unheard of in today's game. It's the last, it's the first time that a pitcher has had a sub one ERA in eight starts over that many innings since Clayton Kershaw in 2016. And before Kershaw, you have to go back to Cliff Lee in 2011. Sandy's a real throwback pitcher.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I just want to go outside and compete, go deep in the game, I mean. And I don't like when they take me out of the game. You know, I feel so bad, so mad, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, that's my mentality, you know. Just go outside, cross, cross that line, and finish all my game.
1: You know, it's kind of a trend we're seeing with the better pitchers around the league, Sandy, and and, and I love your approach. Yeah, you, know, you, you know, you have Mel Stoudemar Jr. as a pitching coach, Don Mattingly as your manager, who – Have some old school in them, too. They like to see you get deeper in the games. They trust you. Your numbers bear it out. The third time through the order, your numbers get better. It seems like your OPS, the third time through the order, is lower than the first time through the order, and both of them are outstanding. So I guess it kind of goes hand in hand. It's nice to be able to see this old school philosophy work out to where early in the game, you're easy way into it, and then later in the game, you tend to get stronger, and then you have the perfect combination of a pitching coach and a manager who's going to let you is going to allow you to get deeper into the games and potentially get through the third or fourth time through the order. So I guess, you know, that that, does that help to have that trust that Don Manningly has trust in you and and he will allow you? It's not like you have to look in the dugout in the seventh inning and worry about him taking you out. He's going to leave you in there, and you know that, right?
3: Yeah, for sure. I think Donnie and uh, Mel, they have uh, so much confidence on me, you know, they want, they want to leave me there to finish all the game, you know, but sometimes we get in trouble that they got to make a, a really bad decision to take you out of the game, you know, but, I mean, we got to repeat that, you know, when, when you have, like, um, those kind of trouble during the game, you know, they, they got to take you out of the game, but to me, I don't like that, you know, yo, since the first inning, I'm focused on finishing the game, you know, throw nine innings, doesn't matter what happened. That's why I throw try to to not throw too many pitches, like, inning eating, eating for inning, you know, try to eliminate those little things, you know, and try to, to attack the hit and get, like, quick out of the inning.
0: You know, you have Mattingly, you have Stottlemyer, but you are on a team that hasn't had many established pitchers who have had extended success here. So, in terms of players, like, who showed you the way? Who showed you how to be as professional as you are like you said, you're only 26, but you had five and a half years service time now in the majors. Who were some of those guys who showed you the
3: way? Uh, I think I, I've been learning that. I think I've been learning like how to prepare myself, how to be here, how to to compete. I think, uh, but when I get here to the morning, I think uh, Jose Reina, Jose Reina was the guy who was there for me. You know, I was I was sitting next to him. I was talking to him every day. You know, I was watching him and everything he was doing. You know, but I think uh, that helped me a little bit, you know, try to to copy a little bit, like why what, what he do to prepare himself, you know. And I think um, everything I have right now, I think I've been learning. I've been like create my my own routine. You know, I've been creating my own my own style, how to pitch, you know, and how to compete.
0: You know, another guy that's right behind you uh, in the Marlins rotation, Pablo Lopez is having a, a breakout season as well. What's something that you can tell us about Pablo that a lot of people aren't aware of?
3: Yeah, he, he's great, man. I think, uh, he's, uh, another ace, uh, of the Marlins too. I think, uh, he got great stuff, you know, he's, uh, and he is smart too. He knows how to pitch. He knows how to com- to compete. And I think, um, he want to be here for a long time. Like, like me now, you know, and I think, uh, Lopez, uh, He's going to be a great pitcher, too. So, I mean, you know, sometimes he got, like, a couple bad days, you know, but he don't feel bad about it, you know, because he knows he, he got stuff like me to, to compete to the next hour.
0: You were mentioning briefly your, your routine in terms of your, your, I think, your durability, but for young pitchers who may be <laughs> listening here, what's your routine like when it comes to preparing for overall success? What are you doing on the days you're not pitching? What's going on in between starts for Sandy Alcantara?
3: I mean, let's start, um, for example, I, I pitched yesterday. Um, I just get here early as normal. Get here early, you know, just got a little food, you know, try to not get, like, too much food, you know, just be, prepare myself to go, like, for two hours and a half to the weight room, you know, just working on my leg, um, my my upper body, my lower body, you know then running for 15 minutes, then just take a shower, prepare myself for watching my my pictures, you know. Then tomorrow, you know, just try to not throw too much, just like 75 feet, you know, 75% density. Then the next day, prepare myself for my bullpen, you know, focus on everything I wanna do, you know, working on my pictures, 18 pitch. Then just came inside to the clubhouse, uh, go to the weight room for two hour and a half again. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a hard man. It's hard You're doing you know? two
0: a days here. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> just go to the weight room for two hour and a half, you know, doing the same thing, you know, working my lower body, my, my top body, my total body. Mm-hmm. I, I like working on my total body and, you know, <laughs> just next day, you know, throw it, throw for like 80, 80 feet, you know, like, 80% intensity. Then the next the next day you'll get here, you know, three and a half hours before the game, you know, you'll sit on my locker, you know, thinking about what I gotta do tonight, you know, thinking about the game and just go outside and compete.
0: You ever do you ever pitch with a chip on your shoulder? I know you you, you clearly you clearly have the drive to be great and it, it does you it's so evident that it comes from from inside you, but do you ever pitch with a chip on your shoulder trying to prove other people wrong who, who may, you know, uh, not talk about the Marlins as much or, you know, you, you know you and Pablo and the rest of you know this rotation? Um, you're trying to have the Marlins be one of those marquee franchises. You're trying to grow something in Miami, but it's not happening um, as it is right now. Do you ever pitch with a chip on your shoulder trying to prove other people wrong?
3: I mean, I just want to go outside, man. Just want to go outside when I cross the line. You know, just want to finish the game, you know, win the game. I think uh, my mentality every fifth day is go outside, compete, win the game. I think that that's everybody's mentality in here, you know, but sometimes that's not going to happen, you know, but we don't feel bad. Some other at at the time we feel like a little mad or sad, you know, but the next day when we get here, everybody's positive, you know, everybody is happy to win the game, you know, and everybody's happy to compete.
1: You know, Sandy, thank you so much for the time. I know, you, I know you have a lot to do today. You're at the ballpark. I just had one technical question from a pitcher to a pitcher. For me, the hardest thing to learn was how to throw a change up to a right-handed batter. You're a right-handed pitcher. It's easy to throw it to a lefty, right? Because it's going to go away. Or if you make yeah. a mistake, you can miss off the plate. You have more margin for error. How did you master throwing your change up, that great combo to right-handed batters?
3: I think um, when I got that combination with my two-scene and my chenja, you know, I just think on throwing in the same way of my, of my two-scene, you know. For example, um, I pitched three or two days ago against the Mets and I faced started Martin. Yes. And I throw like two back-to-back two-scene down in the sun, you know, and I throw in the same window my, my chenja, you know. And he, see, he see my change like my two-scene and he's swinging. And my change is going like to the there like bang, you know. And I, and I love when I do that.
1: Does your change up, do you throw it like a two seam spin change up? Do you, your yeah. circle change? So, so you've got that mirrored action on your two seam fastball. Yeah. I see. Yeah yeah. That, yeah. yeah, Same window, same kind of spin. That's fantastic. Yeah. So your four seamer, how, how have you mastered that too, just on the last technical question? I mean, it, it's kind of hard to throw two, two different grips, right? I had a hard time throwing two seam, four seam, bouncing back and forth. You seem to have mastered it, especially up. How, do, how did you master that four seamer up, especially inside the lefties?
3: So I mean I like throw my two, my four seam in the top of the song again lefty, you know because after that I got my ability to throw my force my two seam down away or my change down away, but at the same time, I got my ability to throw my my back door sliding you know I think um, that's a great opportunity that I have you know because I got five pitches to compete and I think um, I've been doing a great job trying to like combine those pitches.
1: Joe, better than a great job. you throw all those pitches. <laughs> four of those pitches over 20% of the time. So it's very unpredictable. I think you're, you're better than ever, Sandy. And the the sky's the limit for you. Love watching you pitch. Keep on keeping on brother. You know, I I know uh, you've done your country proud. You've done your family proud. You're doing the Marlins organization proud and good luck the rest of the way. Finish strong. Go ahead and win that Cy Young.
3: Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate
0: it. So Sandy, the way we wrap up our interviews here on, on Tone the Slab, we end it by having, our guests leave a question for a future guest on our show. So we're going to tell you who's coming on in the future and you can ask them a question. We'll then ask it to them when they're here. But we also have a question for you from a prior guest. So we, uh, we have something here from uh, the current closer of the New York Yankees. That's Clay Holmes, who is right now on the path. You, you may see him next month at the all-star game. Uh, at dodger stadium but let me let me bring up clay's question here that he sent in he wants to know are you more sore from an eight inning one run outing with not much traffic or a five inning three run outing with a lot of base runners and deeper counts
3: um that's a hard question man (laughs) i think um I think in the fifth inning. Yeah, in the fifth inning because you got you got like you say, you got a couple guys on the base. You know, you gotta you gotta focus on no no let those guys go wrong for you, you know, and I think uh the hitters maybe wanna be like too aggressive to you, they maybe wanna make you throw a lot of pitches, you know. But in the eighth inning, you know, I mean you you got all your stuff to, to, to throw one pitch to make out, you know, and you got just one in a way to, to win the game.
0: It's interesting. So you're grooving for a reason. Obviously, it's not as, uh, as uh, you know, there's not much labor going in there. When you're in that rhythm, you're in that groove. So, uh, that, yeah, that was a good question from Clay. I like that a lot. Um, all right. <laughs> one of the guys that's going to be coming on here, he's regarded as one of the best first basemen of all time. And he is uh, going to be enshrined in the Mets Hall of Fame. Or he's already there. He's having his number retired, though, later on this season. He currently calls games for the New York Mets. And that is former first baseman Keith Hernandez. So if you could ask Keith Hernandez something, what would that be, Sandy?
3: I mean, you say, like, a question? Yeah. Uh, so... I don't know, man. So. Well, let me
0: ask you this because and I hate I hate to ask this, David, but I mean Sandy's 26. Hey, did did you did, do you know of Keith or <laughs> Sandy? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many players don't know players from other generations. So it's good.
3: Yeah, yeah it's good that you're old school, man. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> yes. I, that's Very what I old. love to hear.
1: Older than old school. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> so oh, man.
1: We keep it simple, Sandy. You know, it's, it's a simple thing like, uh, you know, Keith played in the World Series postseason play. What's it like to, you know, pitch in, world, one, or play in got a in a World one. Series? Or yeah, I
3: got one. yeah. So, I mean, for and on this, I think uh, I just want to know like, what is the difference right the the baseball right now of the baseball he was playing before? That's what I want to know.
1: Great question. Perfect. That's what we all want to know. Yeah, the changes <laughs> in the game. That's for sure. That's fantastic.
3: Yeah, excellent.
0: Uh, well, Sandy, this was incredible. We we know you have uh, you know a lot on your plate right now as you you pitch a, a terrific first half so far of the season. We thank you for spending some time with us, man, and uh, and good luck the rest of the way. Keep it up, like David said, go for that Cy Young Award, man.
3: Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank Sandy. You You're the best. Thank you. thank
0: you. Well, Sandy was terrific there. I gave it gave us some good insight, David. I loved your question about the righty to righty changeup, and. Overall, I think he has like the perfect mentality for a pitcher right now in today's game because it's so different from everything that you always hear. And something that stuck out to me, I'm I'm really bummed that I didn't ask him about this, but it it just reminds me of how different Derek Jeter was in some of the answers that he used to give because there was some substance there, but obviously a minimal amount. Nonetheless, it all illustrated the fact that he had a desire to compete and he used that to lead. Uh, and obviously, Sandy spent time with her. I was wondering if you know they ever had a conversation. It's something that we, sh- we should ask him again if he, he comes back on. But do you, I mean, David, hey, you, you played with Derek, like, are there similarities there? Do you see that a little bit with Sandy? Am I off
1: here? No, not at all. I think you did. It's a, it's a great point. You know, I, I wish I would ask that question now that you mentioned it. But yeah, even though Derek's gone now, but he, he had his imprint on that organization without a doubt, along with Don Manningly as well. Mm-hmm. And Mel Stoudemire Jr., who he seemed to really praise and Mel's a really good pitching coach. It's in his blood. Mel senior was one of the best I, I, you know, that I've been around just that positive energy. I could see it. You know, Sandy gave that answer. I just try to be positive. The thing I work on most is if I have a bad game, I sit on my bed, in my hotel room or at my home. And I think about ways to to mentally condition myself to, to think positively. And that's the way Mel senior was. And I mean, I know that's the way Mel junior is and the way he coaches. And you, you the personal story of, of San, Sandy Alcantara is uh a remarkable 10 brothers and sisters growing up in the Dominican Republic. He worked very hard to get where he is. He's very proud uh, and he's very motivated to be the best. And he's made some adjustments too. technically speaking, he's getting better. We see a lot of pitchers take that leap with the technology year in and year out about pitch design. Well, Sandy's benefiting from that too. His four seamer to lefties up is a great addition and the confidence he has in that as well. To go with his patented sinker, he's always had that good two-seam fastball and a good changeup. Those have gotten better. Uh, but his four-seam fastball and his changeup to righties, his pitch design has taken another step this year. He could go for more strikeouts. You know, if, if that's been the knock on him for in the ana- analytic world, that he doesn't strike enough people out to be considered, you know, a top shelf or a real leader or a number one type starter, uh, that's wrong. Innings pitched is starting to, to get its due due justice. It's, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's deservedly. So the justice it deserves. So Sandy's right there. Uh, he's, you know, it, maybe he's not striking out the world, but he's not trying to, and that's getting, that's allowing him by design to get deeper into the games. That's going to serve him well in his career, moving on forward. Saving his arm. He understands how to save his arm in between uh, starts. He talked about that as well. He covered all the bases his workload, how he trains, not throw too much, save your arm a little bit, work in the weight room, mentally, the positive attitude, and pitch design. He's got all of it going together right now. It's the perfect storm of all of those facets. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a guy who's got. 4.1 4.1 war on baseball reference. And James, I actually wanted to bring this up. If you're not a big analytics person, but you're trying to learn, there's different formulas for war. Fangraphs has their own formula for war that's based on fielder, independent pitching. Baseball reference is more toward geared towards the ERA based in terms of their war. Sandy's 4.1 on baseball reference. That's, that's better than any other player, much less any other pitcher right now. So maybe he'll get some MVP votes too, depending on some progressive writers. You know, how this shakes down, how this finishes. But even on fangrafts, he's got a 2.7 war, which is second only to Kevin Gosman. And Gosman's war is so high in fan graphs because fangrafts is fit based, and he has a very low walk rate and a very high strikeout rate and, and also the home run rate. So, fielder independent pitching, as James knows, uh, you know, based on the things a pitcher can control, you know, walks, strikeouts, uh, hit batters just taking the D de- it's sort of taking the defense out of it. What happens after the ball uh, leaves the bat. So uh, either way he's, he's right at the top and uh, he's an impressive young man who's highly motivated. Right. in that 4.1
2: war, there's a lot of bells and whistles in there but in baseball reference, the main criteria, the main ingredients, the, the, the main piece that you're starting with innings runs allowed. That's the starting point. There are adjustments made for, the quality of the opposing lineups that you face the ballpark that you pitch in. Is it hitter friendly or pitcher friendly, the quality of your own defense? These things go into the pot, but your, your starting point is innings and runs allowed, which is something that everybody can get on board with. So when we look at judging the quality of a pitcher, we want to bake all of these things in. And when we get a 4.1 war in about a little more than a third of a season, that's pretty incredible because a, an average pitcher, a league average pitcher, who you know makes every start and gets through the season, a, a two a two win season is pretty uh, pretty much regarded as a league average year. Whether you're a position player or a pitcher, Sandy's already double that, uh, and we're only in the late June.
0: Yeah, and for those knocking the strikeout numbers, like David said, if he wanted to, he could strike more people out. But that's the whole point of of the game in in this this movement going back to the way it was in terms of getting more out of yourself because he said he wants his goals to pitch nine innings every game. So it goes, all goes back into innings pitched becoming more and more relevant. It's great to see. And, you know, Sandy's at the, at the front line there. So it's, it's terrific to see here. All right, guys, uh, this week in pitching history, James, what do you have for us this week?
2: Okay. June 23rd, 1917. It's 105 years ago, Thursday, the greatest relief performance in baseball history. So it's at Fenway Park. Red Sox left-hander Babe Ruth, who you might have heard of, walks the leadoff batter for the Senators, Ray Morgan, on four pitches. The Babe does not like the call. So he goes up to home plate umpire Brick Owens, and he punches him in the face. So he gets ejected from the game. Okay. Ernie Shore comes in out of the pen. First batter. Morgan tries to steal second. He gets thrown out and then shore retires the next 26 batters for what was originally credited as a perfect game, 27 outs. But now it's classified as a combined no hitter, which is still pretty cool. Uh, One other notable thing, the last out was pinch hitter Mike Minoski who was told by Washington manager Clark Griffith to bunt, but the second baseman and player manager Jack Barry made a great play to end the game. And put Shore and Ruth uh, into baseball history this week, 105 years ago.
0: So Babe Ruth is part of a combined no hitter. That's I did not know that. Okay. He
2: didn't really contribute much though. <laughs> no, he not at just all. Walked he, the guy, and yeah. although
0: his outburst put Ernie in the game. Right. He contributed a, a, a left hook.
1: <laughs> yeah, outburst is one way to put it. Yeah, I, I would assume that's an automatic ejection, right? You punch <laughs> the umpire, you're out of the game, suspended, whatever happened. Wow. How had, far
2: we've come. <laughs> those those uh oh imagine if twitter was around when when this <laughs> happened or when that happened how about that yeah
0: exactly that's a good one excellent job
2: what, what would be the john boy
1: breakdown <laughs> <laughs> yes babe Ruth's left hook
0: It'd be multiple yeah that, that would be a long one for for jimmy for sure Gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking like daddy material this June. Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. You treat him and yourself and join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped With this exclusive offer, get 20% off and free shipping with the code SLAB at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. Manscaped's design with fathers in mind and the performance package 4.0 is here just in time for your dad's special day. Inside this package, he will find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all the goodies. First off, let me start by saying that the lawnmower 4.0 will be the official MVP of Father's Day. Does your dad use the same trimmer for his body and face? Let's throw that out the window and give him the upgrade he deserves. But wait, there is more. Manscaped just launched their brand-new Boxers 2.0 that are possibly the best boxers ever. We all know that dads love their comfort, their... Resistant to change, but with summer just around the corner, the boxers 2.0 are here to save every father from the uncomfortable heat. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, golfing in the sun, these moisture wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. So dads, buy this for yourself. Sons, buy this for you and your dad. Ladies, buy this for your man. And dog daddies, you deserve this treat too. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code SLAB at manscaped.com that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com use code slab shake what your mama gave you (laughs) no shake what your daddy gave you all right guys three up three down here this week as we close out the show uh james how about you lead us off again
2: i read a cool thing uh on monday hannah kaiser and zach kreiser of yahoo had a story about smart pitching machines it's not just the the same old you know batting practice type of thing you can actually tailor it to mimic a particular pitcher throwing really hard this guy has insanely hard sliders and you can test yourself on that and what i thought was really interesting about it is that this is a technological advancement in the game that i know this is a, i know there's a pitching podcast but this is something that might actually uh, tilt the scales a little more towards offense and it's a it's a benefit that would be coming to hitters more than pitchers, which is something we usually don't see when we're talking about technology and, and impacting the game with Edgertronic and all those kinds of things.
1: A great, great point. And it is the new frontier. And actually, San Francisco Giants have used high-velocity pitching machines, uh, especially last year when they had a lot of success uh, with their kind of platoon system, uh, you know, and Gabe Kapler out there and their very progressive organization. Aaron Judge as well. James, I'm glad you brought this up. David Adler of MLB.com wrote a great article about the Yankees uh, using some of these high velocity new, new wave pitching machines and where Aaron judge will gear it up to a high speed and high speed sliders that are actually maybe even faster than the ones he will see during the game, just to track them and watch them so that when he does get in the game, he's not overwhelmed by these incredibly high velocity breaking pitches that we're seeing now today, nowadays that the pitchers are featuring as velocity has gone up and, the design of pitches and the spin rate and the seam shifted wake on these pitches are moving like crazy. It is an interesting follow. I'm glad you brought that up, James, and something that Aaron judge really uh, seems to be benefiting from. And if you're you're ever in the bowels of Yankee stadium in the tunnels, you'll see some of these pitching machines already, already set up down there. And I'm, you know, I'd I'd love to get down there during the game and watch them and see what they're doing, because it'd be interesting to see 98 mile an hour sliders that Aaron judge is tracking and, and spitting on like the Terminator. And, really benefiting from so yeah it it is the new frontier for hitters
0: man the date uh, hey we're, we're fast approaching the triple digit slider so uh well you know this is this is good prep work uh i, I haven't checked out that article it's one that i did notice i want to i definitely want to read it but um interesting practice for sure and it definitely slows it down once you get into the box for the real thing um two quick things for me here on three up three down and i know we spend a a lot of time discussing the Yankees on this podcast, but they do have the best pitching in baseball right now. And over the last week, they have had starters out-duel Shane McClanahan twice and Alec Manoa on the road in Toronto, where he had not previously lost in his career. So uh, shout out to that rotation. And I think that gives you more of an idea of how deep the Yankees rotation has been this year. But another thing that I wanted to point out, this element, has um, it's been added on the scoreboard at Yankee stadium. I noticed that there. And then I, I saw it on the scoreboard at Rogers center over the weekend in Toronto. And more teams are adding pitching metrics like horizontal movement when pitches are being made. So you have metrics like that in addition to the pitch speed, and it's literally helping pitchers gain an understanding on how to pitch while they're on the mound in the game. And There was a a telling quote from Jamison Tyone about this. I need to bring it up really quickly on my phone. And I think it was Lindsey Adler of The Athletic asking some questions here. But in his last start on Saturday in Toronto against Alec Manoa, Tyone was frequently using his slider. So the question was, you went to your slider a lot today. What was working with that? And Tyone's answer was, they show the metrics here. And I thought I had a pretty good amount of horizontal movement on it. I saw that early, and I was around the zone with it and sequencing it well. So I went to that in big spots. The horizontal was definitely up from previous starts. So I saw that and just kind of trusted it. And he said he looked at the scoreboard tracking it, and if he sees something that's a little off, then he knows how to fix some little things on the fly. That is a terrific addition that we're seeing here in 2022. And information that you can read on the scoreboard, When you attend a game in person, know that it has a direct influence on the pitcher who is on the mound in real time. I thought that was really interesting.
1: It It is. is a fantastic addition, I think. Uh, and if you know where on the scoreboard, where to look. You remember when they first put a uh, radar gun readings on the scoreboard, people were like, oh, I'll put arms and pitchers. going are you watching the radar gun readings and how fast they're throwing? And then it was exit velocity. And they're like, ah, oh, exit velocity isn't everything. Well, it It's not nothing. It's something. Mm-hmm. How hard you hit the ball matters. And now we've got the movement on the pitches. So, yeah, more information is better. Uh, it, it tells a story. And you're right. And the pitchers notice. And with that information, it does impact their decision-making. So it's a great point, Shaq, uh, all across the board. And my, my last point would be, I want to throw some love the Mets way. Uh, you know, the New York, New York Mets are having a great year. and It's just New York is lit up right now. Thinking about a subway series it's gonna be great when they finally do meet during the regular season coming up a little later. Uh, the one pitcher there to me that deserves some love is Carlos Carrasco. He's been their best pitcher in the rotation uh, according to Fangraphs, he's got a 1.8 war that that leads the Mets staff right now. Uh, he's been the constant. What a great story. Personal uh, issues he's had. Cancer survivor, cancer beater. Uh, what a great comeback. And if you're looking for, you know, a number I look at, you know, he's been really unlucky in one category. And the Babbitt Cots batting average on, on balls in play have not been kind to him. He's got a three thirty six. Uh, batting average on balls in play against him. And he still had a great year and that's the fourth highest in, in uh, the major leagues. So if you're looking for a positive regression for him, he might be even get better when some of those ground balls start going at uh, fielders um, in the second half of the season, those things tend to normalize as James knows, whether it's uh, fly balls on your know, home runs per fly balls tend to tend to normalize over a larger sample size. So, so does that batting average on balls and play. Watch out for Carlos Carrasco. He's been a great story so far and maybe even a little bit unlucky. You know, he's, been, he's been a fixture for the Mets who are the, the best team in the National League right now.
0: Carrasco's always been a gamer, a competitive, uh, a, you know, a professional pitcher. I think that you know you hear that term with, with hitters a lot. People just label him professional hitter. I think Carlos Carrasco is like the epitome of professional pitcher. He's always going to bring it. He's always going to be there for you and, and stabilize your rotation. And that first Subway Series matchup comes after the all-star we're about a month away now Yankees and Mets at Citi Field, July 26th and 27th. It's going to be electric. It is.
1: New York city is going to light up for that.
0: For sure. Gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week. Great spending some time with you guys as always. And it was awesome to talk with uh, the ace of the Miami Marlins. So big thanks to Sandy Alcantara for joining us this week. Thanks to our producer, Dan work, who really is the backbone of this podcast and a quick reminder, new episodes drop in every single week, either Tuesdays or Wednesdays. You want to be on the lookout at social media to check out the release date each week here. Rate, review, subscribe, best way that you could support the show. John Boy Media is producing this bad boy as always. This is another edition of Toe the Slap, pitching with David Cohn. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Take care.